Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Well, welcome back to part two of our series on Before You Go to Counseling. And again, we want you to get this so that you can share it with others. Yeah. Uh, I was just talking to a pastor this week and he literally said to me, he goes, man, why are people so messed up? We were just talking about that. And I thought, wow, that's kind of a wild statement for a pastor to make. But then I realized the people he has to deal with, Mm. things he's dealing with. And he started sharing some of the things. And (laughs) yeah, and I just listened to it going, yeah. I'm thinking they need to be set free. They need to walk in freedom. And just because you're saved doesn't mean you're walking in freedom. That's part of the sanctification process. Which I'm going to jump in and say, hey, pray for your pastor right now. And I don't mean just your lead pastor. Your people who are pastoring you, pray for them. That's not an easy job. No, pray for your leaders. Remember your leaders, uh, Hebrews talks about, and uh, Timothy talks about. Yeah, so anyways, that's good. So I kind of just jumped right in there. (laughs) No, that's good. But I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer, caveat kind of thing. Well, first of all, this doesn't mean we, we don't believe in counseling. Yes, yeah. That's Listen not to our it. first podcast. Before we do. you go to yes, counseling, we do. yes, we're not yes. anti-counseling. Um, some of our best friends are counselors. Yes. We love that. We just want you to think of some things before you might need to take that step. Yeah. And secondly, these the, the topics and things that we're talking about aren't just for you. They're for the people that you might minister to. And our tagline for Serving Beyond Borders is we make disciples who make disciples. That was original at one point. I see it a lot on other stuff, but we we really do believe that for ourselves in the sense of it's not just about making a disciple. It's the people that those people go on to make disciples of. Right, Doug? Yeah. When I Anytime I'm talking to a guy, I usually will, if it's a discipleship process, if I'm meeting with a guy for discipleship, I say at least... No, I don't know. I say a lot. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the guys you're going to go talk to. Yeah. Because this may not have pertained to you, but you're going to meet somebody it pertains to, and are you going to be equipped and ready to right. help them? Yeah. So, so that's our whole goal. Yeah. And again, we're not against counseling, but what we find is a lot of people who go to counseling or they don't know about spiritual warfare or their counselors don't know about spiritual warfare and taking down strongholds. And again, listen to our first uh, part of this series, and we talk about what a stronghold is, what a fortress coming out of first, uh, Second Corinthians ten three through five, and then Ephesians six ten through twelve, Ephesians four twenty nine, and what's the other one I had? Ephesians four four thirty two. I'm doing it off the top of my head, so but go back and listen to it and see if I'm right. <laughs> Maybe that's just the way that I'm going to listen to it just to see if he's wrong. Well, hey, I got you to listen to it. So how's that for manipulation? That's a Spiritual manipulation. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. anyway, that's kind of weird, but. Uh, our whole thing in step one is, well, let me just stop back. Okay. I said that real quick. We want you to destroy strongholds or fortresses that Satan is putting into your life. That's keeping you from living what we call the radical Christian life, mm-hmm. living fully committed to Jesus, no matter the call or no matter the cost. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just ran through that, but it's important. If you are not finding fulfillment and joy and peace and love and all these things are the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you're seeing yourself 
um, fail, falling short in an area. Always under your circumstances. Yeah. Yes, instead of living above your circumstances. Yeah, that's great. Then there may be a stronghold in your life. And that's what, and we term these strongholds photographic thinking. And what is photographic thinking? Well, even before I say that, I want to say the strongholds is a biblical term. Yeah. That is in 2 Corinthians. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. strongholds. So, or fortresses, as some versions mm-hmm, say. Yeah, some of them do. So when we talk about these things, we always come back to the point of we want to be biblical. And so this is biblical. Yeah. Yeah, good. So what is the definition of photographic thinking? It's a snapshot of us at a low point that sticks in our minds and tells us this is how things will always be. Yeah, It's that moment in time that you can recall where something took place or something was said and it put something in your mind that said, this is who I am. Yeah. So we're, instead of using strongholds, because when I say strongholds in your mind, there's no image. That, I mean, what do you have? Like a little yeah. castle sitting in your mind. <laughs> does. But you actually yeah. mentioned the other day after I, we were talking about my pod, our podcast, our podcast, not my, <laughs> but it's where I talked about how I was looking back at a castle we visited mm-hmm. years ago. And, and I don't have the image. I have the image of the pictures we took mm-hmm. in my mind, not the actual reality of experiencing. You said that on the last Yeah. Podcast. And you said that about our wedding too. Yeah. That I don't think. You didn't mention it on the podcast. I think we were just talking about nope, it. And I, I heard did. you say, oh, did you? Yep. Yeah. Maybe I should listen to more <laughs> while we're doing our podcast. What so. did you say? Oh. Yeah. You know what the worst part is, Wait, listeners? could you repeat no, that part? I know. The worst part is I just had ear surgery because I was having problems with my ear and hearing. So I was using that as an excuse for <laughs> months about my hearing. But they actually fixed it. So now I have no excuse. Husbands, work on your listening skills with your wives and send me what's oh, working for you. That there's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but in all seriousness, why we're so big on photographic thinking, because if you don't rip up these photographs, if you don't deal with them, uh, and not everything you see or happen in your life is going to ruin your life, but there are moments in your life where Satan will get into you. And if you don't rip up this photograph, you're going to become disappointed because that's what happens. A disappointment comes. Okay, let me let me clarify right here. Oh, yeah, sorry. Satan doesn't get into you. No. He gets into your, your thought mind. process. Yeah, into your I mind. just want yes. to clarify. Yeah. Yes, As because... We, Sometimes, yeah, you know, people you. can take something and go, oh, Satan's yeah. in me. Yeah. No, no Satan's isn't. not in you, but Greater he is he that is in you than yes. he yes. that is in the world. But he does attack. He does. And, and he, he attacks, attacks the mind. Yep. That's how we attempted Eve, Adam and Eve. That's how he tempted Jesus in the desert, in the wilderness. And that's how he tempts you. And there's going to be a disappointment in, in something that happens in your life. And he's going to try and use that disappointment to put Mm -hmm. a photograph in your mind. Mm -hmm. So you start looking at that photograph Mm -hmm. instead of looking at reality or even worse, instead of looking at God's word, which is reality, I guess. Yes. So it's not either or. Exactly. Well, there's, there's, the imagery comes to mind when we talk about this is kind of like the Greek mythology is the whole point of the Achilles heel. Yeah. You know, it's the weakness, you know, and I think that's one thing that people can get a little bit confused of. Even when we talk about spiritual warfare, you raise up your shield of faith, right? Yes. The shield of faith, it's offensive, but what's coming at us and why we raise that shield up is because of the fiery darts of the evil one. Those aren't a one-time thing. No, no. These are the things that come at us, Satan unfortunately knows our weakness and will sometimes attack or re-attack areas that we even felt like, wow, I, I thought I kind of settled that. A good example yeah. of that would be like a forgiveness thing. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, we, I shared it with you the other day. 
Uh, I had a photograph that was put in my mind by a sixth grade teacher that I was never good enough. He called my mom in for a conference. He's a failure. He's a disappointment. Basically, he said he's a disappointment. He doesn't live up to his potential. That was the words that I heard, and I was a failure. And that photograph stuck in my mind. Mm. And um, so the other day, we were at a, a place where there were people sitting, picking spots to sit at a table. And I made the joke, oh, nobody wants to sit around me because I'm such an intense guy. I just made some stupid comment. And you rebuked me. Like, what do you say that word of death? I did it privately, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you, you embarrassed <laughs> me. I did, not but, he, yeah, me. Yeah, and, and I only did it in front of one person. But that one person did not need to hear me say a word of death. And in fact, I didn't even need to say a word of death, even to myself, let alone other people hearing me. And you pulled me aside and I realized... There was Satan again, trying to get into my thought. Nobody likes me. Nobody wants to be around me and that. And what a lie from the pit of hell. I you, sat next to you. I know. You <laughs> sat next to me. And actually, somebody did sit next to me, and they didn't look disappointed. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it, even though I had ripped it up, it was trying to come back. Yes. And it was starting. So again. And that was a long, long time ago. So yeah. those are those things. So just don't think that that, that can't happen. Yeah. Because oftentimes it is. It's it's the weak point. Yeah, maybe we'll do a, this is a four-part series. Maybe we'll do a part five where we talk about maintenance of <laughs> rip, keeping photographs good. ripped yeah, up. But, yeah. but if you don't deal with this photograph, this disappointment that happens in your life, and you start looking at life through that, then what's going to happen is you're going to become discouraged. Yes. We talked about this last mm-hmm. podcast. And then if you don't deal with discouragement, what does that become? It becomes depression. Yeah. Like you really do become depressed. We said last time of people just don't typically wake up depressed. No. Uh, yeah, maybe. But there's something behind Well, they it. wake up that it, day depressed, but there was something that happened it, before. Something led up into that. So, yes. okay, stop. This is actually a great moment for us to, to think about. So, because we hear this a lot. I... I say it sometimes because I deal with depression, but I hear a lot of people will say to me, I'm depressed. I'm so depressed. You probably should just stop and ask, is there a photograph that hasn't been dealt with? Mm. Even when I wake up, in fact, you said something this morning because <laughs> I was like, I'm kind of low and you know, I didn't feel like doing anything. And you're kind of like, well, just get up and do something. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I got up and did something. And I was really like, wait a minute, I'm not. Yeah, what, I'm a great counselor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually a good moment. So, so if you're talking, if you're going to say you're depressed, you might want to step back and go, okay, is there a photograph? Is mm-hmm. there something that happened in my past that put a photograph that I'm looking at life through? Right. Because if you don't deal with it, what does depression come if it well, goes too long? Well, it leads long? to despair and irrational behavior, which yeah. ultimately is self harm. Yeah, yeah. You know, suicide would be the ultimate. Yeah. Or an affair or embezzlement. We talked about all yes. sorts of things you can do. Start slapping your kids around. You just things that literally you should not do. Right. Self medicating. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, why this is such a big topic. Because yes. we see so many people dealing with this and we see so many falls in the church from people. We th- even we're surprised at thinking, man, I thought they had a relationship with Jesus and were walking well with him. And then mm. you just see the disaster come mm-hmm. and we just realized there was, they never dealt with this photograph. Yeah. And that's mind. our hope is to help yeah. you with this. So that was step one is why is identifying and just understanding about these strongholds or photographs in, in, in our lives. Yeah. Now we want to come to step two. Step two would be. How do we identify or identifying photographs through words that we use and the things that we do? Yeah. So it's the idea of, okay, there's a photograph or maybe you don't know. Maybe last time you left the podcast and went, I, I don't really have one. I don't really know, but we want to help you identify. Yeah. Those. And if not just for you, but then start listening to other people mm-hmm. and looking at other people and uh, seeing, okay, maybe you need to counsel them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be a counselor. If you have the Holy Spirit and the word of God, you can share 
techniques for people to help live in the freedom that God has purchased for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But remember, you have to do it first. Yeah. You got to live it first. Yeah, before, you yeah. do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what step two is we want to talk about to the rest of this podcast is how to identify these photographs. Yeah. Either. yeah. And so. I, I think the one of the biggest dangers of photographic thinking is it's hidden. Yeah. It's not out there. No. Yeah. But it'll manifest itself eventually. And yes. that's what we're saying with the, the irrational behavior. If you don't. It will always manifest itself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're but, right. But other people don't see it. Yeah. It's hidden. Remember that? We said a great statement last week, and uh, I, it was really impactful. I know you really liked it. Yeah, I, I love this. Every outward behavior is a manifestation of an inward brokenness that is usually derived from our past experiences. Yeah, so. Outward l- behavior, manifestation of inner brokenness from past experiences. Yeah, so, yeah. Out, every outward behavior, every addiction, every outburst of anger, every what self-harm, self-medication, mm-hmm. addictions, those things, it's because of an inward brokenness, some disappointment that uh, happened in the past that put a photograph in our mind, and we start seeing life through that photograph instead of reality. Yeah, so. and I think you're hearing a little bit more about this preached than you used to, but we really most of us do not realize the power of words. Yeah. Yes. This was a big thing we heard years ago from some different preachers. And it's one of those, how many times you've read the book of Proverbs. We used to mm-hmm. go through the book of Proverbs. Well, we still do. I mean, uh, you know, it's, do you ever, anyways, we've read a lot, book of Proverbs a lot. And how did we miss Proverbs eighteen twenty one? It is such a profound verse. Yeah. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. Be careful what you say. That's that second part. Uh, those who love it will eat its fruit. You're, this is what Jesus said. You're going to literally be, well, we're going to read that later on, I think, about Jesus. You're going to be accountable for the words you use. There are power in words. Death and life are in the power. Yeah, that's pretty power. strong when you think about it. Yeah. Death and life. Yeah. And, and that's where we came up with the wad. <laughs> what well, we term wad, words of death. Yeah. Or wall. We don't really use words. We or don't wide. say, we don't say. Those um, should just be words we say all the time. Yeah, exactly. We don't life. say wall yeah. and wad. We just say yeah. wad. But, you know, the point of that is they're really, it, it's biblical. Yeah. Like there's words of life and there's words of death. Yeah. And you just, I mean, this is, this is so common sense. Have you ever given somebody a compliment and just watched yeah. her facial expression. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would encourage them. Yeah. Yeah. I was at church the other day and this woman had on this really nice dress. And I just said to her, I said, wow, your dress is really beautiful. She just lit up. She mm. just lit up. And I was like, wow, why don't I compliment people more? Mm. And, uh, that's yeah. why, you know, and, and I think if all of us were honest about it, like who do we want to be around or surround ourselves with? Yeah. Positive people. And yet we can find ourselves sometimes being the negative people. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, we'll talk about, first, let's rip up our photographs and helping others. Mm-hmm. Or if you are around people who won't change their words of death, maybe you need to change your friends or even yes. distance yourself from family yes. members who are always tearing you down. Those or always are what saying, we call toxic relationships. Because yeah. you said right? it last week and it's true. Mo- uh, most, it's an exaggeration, a lot of photographs are put in our mind through family members. They are. Parents, siblings. Spouse. Yeah that kind of thing. So those close relationships that we would um, hope that were a little more encouraging and they aren't. Yeah. Instead of building up, they tear down. Yeah. And Jesus reminded us how powerful words are. Listen to this passage. Do you want to read it? No, you can. You're a great reader. All right. Listen to this passage in Matthew 12, 34 through 37. 
<laughs> wow. I love this. This is light and how to make friends and influence people. Yeah, it yeah. starts up, you brood of vipers. Yeah, you den of snakes. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. This is Jesus. You yeah. brood of vipers, you den of snakes. How can you speak good when you're evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word that they speak. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. There's my Thomas Jefferson Bible, exacto knife, cut out parts of the Bible we don't like. Mm. And verse 36 is one of those, if I could cut it out. We okay, Thomas give, Jefferson. The president exactly. had a Bible. Yeah. He had a Bible, and he cut out all cut out all supernatural parts of the Bible because he was a deist and didn't believe God was still working in the earth and didn't do miracles. So he's got a famous Bible that uh, has parts cut out of it. Well, I'd cut this verse out if I could. <laughs> I don't like verse thirty six. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. Ouch. Yeah, I've said some really careless words, and I have to recognize that. Praise God, those won't be heaven and hell moments. If you've ever listened to our podcast series on Mm -hmm. eschatology and end times, praise God, we don't go through the great white throne judgment. Mm -hmm. So this isn't a heaven and hell verse for us who are believers, but... It's a rewards verse. It is. It is the judgment seat of Christ verse that we will have to give an account for those words, and there will not be rewards for things we said that hurt people instead of building them up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Paul, so Paul was big on this too. It wasn't just Jesus. No. Yeah, Paul. I, I get to read no. these because I like. Well, I, I oh. read in the Psalms this week. Um, this isn't the exact interpretation, but it comes through the Psalms. Place a guard over my lips, O Lord. There's a reason. Yeah, that's Psalm 141.3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Mm. That is a great verse to pray before you go into a situation. Yeah where you're going to be with a gossip and you don't want to participate in it, or you're going to be in a place mm. where you, your anger might get up and you don't want to say something. Psalm 141.3, set yeah. a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. So watch confession over the door of my lips. time. We were downstairs a few minutes ago before we were getting ready to record, and Doug was coming upstairs to get ready, and I made, an, I made a bad comment. I made a very negative comment about somebody. I did. It just wasn't, it, yeah, it just wasn't godly. It wasn't. It was very off the cuff. Um, but what we said earlier, the mouth speaks what fills the heart. So there was something in my heart there. And immediately I asked for forgiveness and I prayed that verse because I realized, wow, I, I didn't even know that. But, you know, there's those moments. And if we're honest, we all have those moments. We're not perfect Christians. We aren't. I wish we were one day at the glorification of our bodies and Christ returns. We will be. But when you walk through these things, and you might recognize that maybe you have trouble with your mouth too. I think we all do. The Bible talks an awful lot about the tongue in scriptures. This is something that you can have victory over. Yeah. And... Well, I just confessed what I said in front of those people about mm. sitting next to me, and you just confessed that. Now, I want to ask you a question, put you on the spot here, mm. but because this is, did I handle it right? Because I kind of pointed it out. Pointed what out? That oh, you, you said mean a negative to me? comment. Yeah, of course you did. And the reason I wanted to bring that because up, I've asked you, yeah. I've given you permission. Like, look, well, if there's something you see in my life. But I think as spouses and as children, we need to be aware. And I didn't, Paula. You need to repent. I can't. You believe you said that? No, no. You said something, yeah, and I pointed out like, hey, that was a word of death. That was a yeah negative comment. 
we need to help each other. We do. Yeah. And like you pulled me aside at that thing and said, why did you say that? You, why are you putting yourself down in front of people? It just, mm-hmm. you, what did you, you actually gave me a great rebuke. You basically, you said it in love, but yeah, you just got an ego problem there. You, you said something. <laughs> <I did. laughs> yeah. Maybe I was a little harsher yeah, yeah, than no. you are. You can do it with a smile. That's the difference. So I didn't take as much offense, but, but no, we need to help. If you're doing it we to help do. each other versus to condemn each other, then uh, that's the beauty of the body of Christ. Yeah. That's beauty of yeah. marriage. That's beauty of parenting. You're helping it's each the other. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And we didn't mean to talk about this, but I think it's a, it's good. It is a good. It yeah. is because that's what we say. Hey, what a wad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we use that actually in a lot of ways. We say it jokingly, mm-hmm. but sometimes it isn't a joke. Like, no. wow. I, you know, even in the sense of just, and we, I say this with people who are married, you know, it's easy to let your guard down with people you're close to. Yeah. That's where so most it's negative. okay for us to cause them to sin? Yeah. The we spouse? Yeah, we won't talk about somebody else behind with a group of people, but we'll say it to our spouse. We'll talk bad about somebody or yeah. to our friend, you know, our close relatives or something. Yeah. yeah. That's why Paul says, I love Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Mm. And I, I like the, uh, that's ESV, the New American Standard I memorize is let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Yeah. No corrupting word. No I had a mentor that used to say, she said, rotten potato words. Yeah, that's I love exactly that because if you've ever smelled a rotten potato, it's nasty. Yeah, exactly. And that is, that that, that word is a very strong word yeah. that corrupts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul gives actually the opposite word picture. Instead of a negative, he says in Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. I like that. It's a positive mm-hmm. thing. Seasoned mm-hmm. with salt so that it may, so you may know how you ought to answer each person. Mm-hmm. Be gracious in our speech. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's what we're talking about. Okay. And uh, yeah, so let, let's just move on. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to give an illustration. I don't think I want to give that illustration, right? And we've talked a lot about illustrations. No, I love that out. illustration. Well, I was in the Arab world and I met with a 71-year-old guy and we were sitting in his house and his, his wife is like waiting on his hand and foot, right? She's taking care of, she's a delightful lady. I'm just, look. I just, she was easy to just like. She had a smile on her face. She's taking care of us, asking how we were and everything. And then um, I asked how he met his wife. I just want to know. I always ask people their story, and I asked this story about him and his wife. And, and he literally said, it was the darkest day of my life. And just looking at her and just, why would you say that about your marriage? It was the darkest day of your life yeah. that you met your wife? Sarcastic After all these comment. years. And Think I you're like, funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean... Yeah, and somehow they stayed together, and I would attribute it to her, but it's just like, <laughs> what a word of death over marriage. And maybe yeah. it wasn't just him. What about the young people who hear people talk like that? Why yes. would I want to get married so I can be right. an old guy griping about saying this was the darkest day of my life? Yeah. They can come out and funny. Words have meaning. Yeah, especially sarcasm. And, sarcasm so dangerous. Oh, yeah. 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 Can yeah. you go off on a minute for that? Well, I've said it so many times. Guys are great at sarcasm that we yeah. like to just. I've heard oh. people brag. Yeah. That they yeah. have the gift of sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I wish my wife could cook like this. You're out at dinner and you're like, well, yeah. Well, you know what? I hope she burns it next time and gives it to you. <laughs> a little arsenic. No, don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> that would be wrong. Wow. I said a little. I didn't say kill him. I just said, you know, you know, I mean, but seriously, guys just do that a lot to each other. Yeah. We feel like we have to put them down. In fact, I listened to a podcast by You two- know what it tells me? What? You know what it screams to me? Low self-esteem. Yeah. Insecurity. 
It yep. does. Yeah, it does. So don't do it. That's what we're saying here. Yep. Now, um, what we need to remember is you're going to hear people be negative, but mm-hmm. don't let someone's bad bring out the bad in you. Yeah. Just because somebody's negative doesn't mean you have to be negative. Right. Don't go down that road. Right. So let and me, you know, oh. there's times jumping back into my earlier illustration of the shield of faith. There's what I have said to people who are in situations where they can't really escape those people. Yeah. Might be a spouse. Yeah. You know, family member. Yeah. Work, coworker, that type of thing. I'm like, you need to raise up your shield of faith. Well, and you've seen those people, right? Okay. People are coming to my mind as soon as you say that. I know couples where you know who the negative one is. Mm-hmm. There is one who's a predominantly, because he's not just negative in his marriage. He's negative in life, or she's negative in life. She's griping about everything. Blah, 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 you know, that kind of guy, that kind of woman. But then you see the spouses. You see the ones who go down that road with them, mm-hmm. and they kind of take that negative. They're not naturally a negative person, but when they're with their spouse, they're just negative also. Mm-hmm. And then you see the ones who take the high road. Mm-hmm. You see the delightful husband or the delightful wife, even though the wife's great, but no, it's not that bad, honey. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to be positive. Whether I admire those people. Yeah. Because like you say, they can't escape them, but they're not going to also let the bad of that per- their spouse be the, become the bad in them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that, great. Yeah. So if that's you in that situation, yeah, we sympathize with you. It's not easy. No, it isn't. But that doesn't give you an excuse to sin. Right. Nobody gives you an excuse to sin. Yeah, you, you can, can be take, above that. Yeah, God yeah. can lead you through that. So, yeah. so I'm going to do a test. I'm going to ask two questions, and I want to tell. I want you to tell me. Me? No, you, no, you don't have to. <laughs> Put you on the spot. But uh, I was listener, like, are you? I was going to say, are you asking yeah. the listeners? Or are you listeners. Asking? Okay. I'm going to say two phrases, and I want you to think. What is the first thing that comes in your mind? Okay. Ba 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 ba. Ready. Ready. The best is yet to come. Yes, the best is yet to come. Mm. Whatever you're going through in life right now, that's okay. The best is yet to come. Second, ready? Okay, whatever's going to happen. You know what? Tomorrow, it's going to be great. Yeah, it is. Whatever, whatever. What, what, maybe next week, it's going to be great. What came to your mind when you hear that? Is your thing of, well, yeah, the best might come, but you don't know. Well, it could, but... Mm. Or yeah, yeah. Some caveat. Yeah. It's going to be great. Well, maybe. I hope. Mm. Wait a minute. God works all things together for good to those who love him. Mm. So it's going to be good. It's going to be great because God is great. That's the second half of the phrase I always say. You know why it's going to be great tomorrow? Well, Doug, you may find out you have cancer. Yeah. You know what? It's going to be great because God is great. And he's going to use it for his glory. Yeah. He'll use my cancer. He'll use my death. He'll use your death. Mm -hmm. You know, well, my spouse may die. Yeah. And I'll be sad and I'll cry and I'll weep. I will, Paula. I just Thank you. Know yeah. Will you wear black? <laughs> yes, for a year. I have a commitment to that. Okay. I always wear black anyway, so that's not a big deal. I should wear white just to fill people out. <laughs> like, whoa, you wife died, you wear white? Let me explain. It's because my hope of the resurrection. Because <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> that's pretty funny. If you know me, you see me always in black. But anyways, because it's your mindset. Do you really mm. believe the reality of God's word versus the, re, the the false reality of your circumstance? Yes. And that would yeah. be the word of life. Like you can't yeah. talk negative and expect a positive outcome, yeah. a positive life. Like you just can't. Say that again. That is a great phrase. You can't talk negative and expect a positive outcome yeah. or a positive life. Exactly. So when just can't. I love, because our church says that a lot, the best is yet to come. Mm-hmm. And again, 
I am a natural cynic. I am a natural sarcastic mm. person. I am naturally negative. That's how I grew up. That is my sin nature. And so the very first time I heard that, I'm thinking, the pest is yet to come. Really? Do you know? Are you trying to play sovereign God? You know, and I wanted mm. theologically be negative. You know, that's the worst <laughs> when you use Jesus to be negative and yeah. beat up on people and stuff. And then it hit me one day. Wait a minute. God's the God of the future. The best mm. is yet to come. Yeah. And I might get a bad diagnosis. I may wreck the car tomorrow. I may this, this may have, you know what? But that's okay. That's not my ultimate destiny. That's a, and it'll be worked out for good for God's glory. And it'll help me become a better Christian if I walk well through it. So mm-hmm. yeah, do, but what is our first initial thought? That'll show a lot <laughs> about, negative. are there potentially a, a photograph in our mind? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah. And so uh, it's not always words either. So listen to how people talk. Listen to how people, even ask them, if you want to do a, you have fun with the family, just do this little phrase. Hey, what do you guys, what comes to your mind when you think the best is yet to come? Mm. Listen to what your spouse says. Listen to what your kids say. Listen to what your parents say. Mm-hmm. You know, kids, if you're listening to this, yeah, ask your parents. It's like, ah, I don't know. It's going to be terrible. The right? world is going yeah. to hell in a yeah. headbacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know those old people. Yeah, yeah run away. <laughs> run away. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, but it's not always words. There's also no, actions. Isn't. Watch how people live their lives. Yeah. And see, and and you can see some clear um, examples that there's a probably a photograph in their mind and the way they're living. Yeah. I, I the one of the things I would say about this is that uh, zebras have stripes. Yeah. So we're talking about okay, what does that habitual, mean? Yes. We're talking about habitual things. Yeah. When I, people act a certain way, yeah. it's it's probably maybe sometimes uh, a part of the pattern of who they are. Yeah. So that means zebras have types. They have a pattern. Yeah. So I them. always remember that. If I say, if I'm, we're out with some couple and I say something like, Hey, let's go do this. This will all be fun. No, I don't think it won't be fun. You know, it's just something like that. And it's like, okay, zebra have stripes. She's not happy about anything. So why would I expect her to be happy about this? Mm-hmm. Okay. I can just, I, I know what I'm dealing with. Zebras have stripes. Yeah. So, but what so are some, what, what are some ways some we see these acts, see these actions show photographic I thinking? I think in our present culture, one of the biggest, things we see this is in body image oh yeah it's almost like two extremes right Mm. people eating and not even caring about their health or anything and they go to excessive bloatedness or hugeness because they 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 got a stronghold there i I don't know what word to say (laughs) or what's the other way you see it well the i would say excessive working out yeah where it's not just a health thing um one of the examples would be the an outcome of this would be when we see people that suffer with anorexia or bulimia it mm-hmm. it they they actually have taken on somebody else's words yeah so their their own words maybe aren't words of death but actually what they've done is they've taken on a word of death that somebody spoke over them that photograph in their mind and now it's coming out in their actions yeah you're looking at them they are literally skin and bones they are literally killing themselves and starving themselves to death but if you talk to them, they're fat, they're, yeah. they're, they're ugly. Yeah. And, they're, and you're like, man, that is a clear photograph. But it doesn't always have to be that extreme. No. Some of these people working out are so obsessed with working out because they've got a body image issue because somebody said something to yes. them that if they do this, if they look, work out to this point, their right. muscles are this big or they're this toned or whatever, now they're going to be beautiful. Right. And that that's in the mind. There was a famous sister. Um, singer back in the day, Karen Carpenter, they were the musical group, the Carpenters. And I just always remember this is she was a beautiful young woman. Mm-hmm. And somebody said to her, you're a little chubby because for, you know, the album covers and all this thing. And she died 
of anorexia yeah. and a, a, an early death because one thing, one yeah. thing that somebody said to her. Yeah. And, and the flip side is, okay, that's, that's one extreme we talk about working about, but then the people who don't even, you see these people, we call them slobs, right? Let's just be honest. You see they, they, the way they dress, the way they look. They, and it's like, why would you present yourself so horrible to the world? You don't take yourself. There's no pride in how you look, you know, and there's another extreme. What photograph is in their mind mm. that, you know, like you're never going to mount anything. You're just, you're worthless. Oh, mm. you're just a fat pig. You know, some, somebody said some horrible thing to their mind and that's how they think of themselves. Yeah. So they just let themselves go. Yeah. And you know, those are, those are examples. Right. And you know, it's kind of both sides of the pendulum swinging toward a photograph that's been planted in their mind. Right. There are some other ways we can see this. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, these these are funny things because some are very obvious and some aren't. Yeah. I was trying to think through some of the ideas or things that I've seen. I would say those who have an extremely competitive nature. Yeah, they can't lose. They I, have to, I have do whatever to, be to win. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I will yeah. do whatever it takes. Oh, yeah, we know people. You There's people you don't want to play board games with. There are yeah. people you can't play, just to go out and have fun. You know, let's go out and play a putt-putt golf. Next thing you know, it's a fight or there's, you know, balls and uh, uh, clubs being thrown <laughs> all over the place. Because like, what? We're just having fun. No, they can't have fun. They have to win. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a minute. There, that's probably a sign that something happened that put a photograph in their mind. If they lose, it's not they lose. They're a loser. Yeah. Yeah. We saw yeah. an example of this watching a trailer the other day. Yeah. Or we, a documentary. We, we love documentaries. Yeah. And this is, and by, by the way, YouTube has some great documentaries on there, but it was about Napoleon. Yeah. And actually, you know, how, what an incredible leader he was, but it wasn't, he wasn't happy with leading France. He was going to take over all of Europe and then he was going to take all of all the world. He had and to all do that. it again. He didn't even learn his first lesson when he I got know. exiled to Elba. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. But, but it was really interesting because in the documentary, it was talking about how he was bullied at military school. Yeah. That's and him. so out of that, he became an obsessive, I must win. And he spoke, uh, he spoke uh, Corsica, whatever the language of Corsican, Corsica, and, yeah. and Italian. That's how he grew up. And then when he learned French, he always had a little bit of an accent. And when he went to school, they laughed at him. And, my, and so that kind of put him in the... Uh, always had to show himself and prove himself. And mm -hmm. you see the extreme of that. Mm -hmm. Now, again, okay, if somebody's saying they're going to conquer the world, that's a pretty clear <laughs> sign he has a photograph. <laughs> but again, does somebody so odorly competitive because something happened? Was there something in their past mm -hmm. that they were thought they were going to be a loser if they lose? Mm -hmm. the, the difference. And yeah. you, know, you see that in somebody or in yourself. You might want to do some searching to see if there's a photograph, yeah. something happened if in there's your something past I need that's to, something, yeah, it needs yeah. to be ripped up. Exactly. Another, I, another thing would be, um, it's, it's actually almost the opposite. Somebody who's extremely passive. Yeah. They never say anything. Nope. Yeah. Won't share their opinion. Even if they're asked yeah. that type of thing, you know, and that could come from the background of somebody saying to them, well, that's a stupid thing to say. Yeah. You had a, you had a sibling who always, uh, always dominated you and always, you know, they were the ones who spoke. They're the ones who took the, you know, the, the piece of last piece of cake. They're the ones who did. And you just got, got into, oh, I'm not as good as my brother or sister. Or I can't compete with them. So you just became docile mm -hmm. and you, yeah. And so you became passive and that's a sign that there's a photograph in your mind that needs to re be ripped up. And no, you mm -hmm. have opinion that's valuable that people need to hear. It's okay mm -hmm. for you to step into a situation. It's okay for you to speak up. And that's a sign that you've ripped up the photograph. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. 
And I think one of the other ones would be the approval seeker. Yeah. You know, for, for those who haven't been praised or they were praised for something that they felt like they had to do this in order to be accepted. Yeah. So how would that come out? Um, well, I think one of the ways is this, this actually always happens and always happens. It often happens in parenting. You see this with parents. It's part of that growth cycle of somebody young and growing up. So maybe they're never praised for anything or they're praised for what the parents want them to be praised for. And so they think they have to perform. I have to be this because this is what's important to my parent. And you see this all the time. I worked with a guy way back in the day in a church whose dad wanted him to be a professional golfer. And it's something that he never made it on the tour. He, he, he tried to go on the tour, get his card. He didn't make it. And the failure he felt from that. Yeah. That, that how that affected his relationship with his father, how it affected his relationship in the business world then and everything. And I, yeah, I forgot about that. That was so, that would be an example of that. Yeah. His, yeah. his self-esteem was tied into playing that game and his approval from his father came from that. Yeah. And when that didn't work out the way he had hoped or his father had hoped, there was a photograph that was put there that affected how he saw himself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, we pretty can often live for the approval of our, of our parents. Yeah. And I recently read, I read a lot of, I read a lot, but I, I love biographies. And I read one of a sports star, he's living now, and it gave the example of how basically like his father was just a tyrant and pushed him and he made it to the very, very top of his game. And, and what the resentment that he obviously had, that even came out in the book a bit, and just the whole idea how he actually hates the sport and it's just funny. I think that that it's never a bad thing for, not that we have to go back into our past and, all, and do all this, but if there's that thing that comes to your mind when we talk about this. Well, we'll talk about that next week of what to, how to deal with it. Right, yeah. right. But this would be a thing of, oh, wow, is, is there something in me that always is seeking approval mm-hmm. and why? Yeah. So what's the to-do? Okay, here's your assignment. So we're going to continue on with like last week. We want you to continue to seek and to see if there is a photograph in your mind or to start seeing potential in people you know, not to run around and try and fix everyone. <laughs> That's it. But are you able yeah. to recognize now how Satan is putting strongholds in people's lives that are keeping them from living what we call the radical Christian life, mm. fully devoted to Jesus, no matter the call, no matter the cost. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so passionate about this right now because if you really know God and God knows you, you can handle everything in life. Mm. You can. But if you if you don't see it through God's eyes, if you don't see reality through God's eyes, but you're seeing it through this false lie, this stronghold, this photograph that Satan has spoken into you, well, then you're going to end up becoming disappointed or you're mm. going to become discouraged. You're going to become depressed and it could lead you to despair. And some of you right now listening, you may be depressed. This is your time to start searching and seeking and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal this to you mm-hmm. so you can be set free. So next right. week, we're going to talk about the steps to, to ripping up these photographs. But right now, we want to just leave you. Are you honest enough to see the truth in your life? Do you have the joy that Christ bought for you on the cross? Thanks for listening to The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate. But we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. 
You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.